This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Christ came here during his earthly ministry, you'll never find out of all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you won't find one miracle that Jesus performed for himself. Not one. Not one. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, look it up. Jesus performed many miracles, gave sight to the blind, those that were mute were able to speak, those that were dead like Lazarus rose from the grave, and more importantly, he gave eternal life all who believe in him. Christ was always giving. Paul tells us in Acts to imitate him in the same way he imitates Christ. One of the main characteristics of Jesus is his selflessness. As Pastor Eddie points out, throughout his ministry, Jesus was constantly giving. And he ultimately bore our sin and suffered death for all humanity. That includes the people who wanted him dead. What would our lives look like if we imitate that kind of selflessness? Well, let's join Pastor Eddie for today's edition of Running the Race. Verse 31, therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. This is why uh, I don't hold back when it comes to warning you about truth. This is why I don't hold back. Look at verse 30 and what Paul is saying here. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. I am warning you. This is why you say, well, pastor, why you got to mention this leader's name? Why you got, you know, because it's biblical. Because I'm telling you, listen, there's a lot of junk out there that comes in the name of Christ that are in the Christian bookstores, that are in the Christian book section, that are in the Christian whatever.com. And I'm telling you, it's false doctrine, false teaching. It's tickling the ears of the people. And that's why I do not hold back because I see Paul, he's sharing this with his people. He said, be careful. At verse 32, it says, So now, brethren, I command you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourself know that these hands have provided for my necessities. And for those who are with me, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul is telling them, over. Oh, listen, I don't care. I, I cover no one's silver or gold or no one's apparel. No one. Not even, you know, in the ministry. So what? Somebody has a church building. Big deal. So what? They got gold chairs. Big deal. So what? They got a super band. Big deal. They have all the things, but there's no substance. No substance. There's nothing. There's no spirit. No one's growing in the word. No one. Because they've been entertained. 
They've been getting cotton candy. You know what that is? It's, they're feeding them cotton candy. How does cotton candy work? It tastes sweet. It's so good. It goes in your mouth. And what? It dissolves right away. It doesn't even get to your stomach. It tastes sweet, but it's gone. It's not even good for you. That's what it is. Tickling the ears. Oh, it sounds great, sweet, but it's not even good for you. It dissolves right away. Paul, Paul says here at, at the end of 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus gave his disciples, if you remember, the Beatitudes recorded for us in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are eight Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, blessed are the, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Here, Paul is reminding the elders of Ephesus that Jesus said, he says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. And Paul is parting, parting words was taken from an unrecorded, Mind you, it is unrecorded from my Lord and Savior. It's not found in the gospel. When, when, when Paul says he remembered the words of our Lord and Savior, he's, he's going to say it is more blessed to give than to receive. You're not going to find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, as, as common people, we, we shouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised at this. I believe what Paul said. I believe Jesus said it. Just because it's not in the four gospels, that doesn't mean Jesus didn't say it. There's a lot of things that Jesus said. Now, you and I know for sure it's really impossible for us to record word for word for one person. It's impossible. It's impossible. As a matter of fact, John writes at the end of his gospel, at the very end, the very last verse of the gospel of John, in John, verse, John chapter 21, verse 25, he says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself cannot contain the books that would be written. Amen. Every scholar, scholars don't have a problem with this. As a matter of fact, some of the translations, when they publish the book and they print it, we see that when we go to Beatitudes in the four Gospels, the words of Jesus are in red. And some, uh, some, uh, some of the companies that manufacture or make the uh, translation of the Bible, this area in, in, in Scripture, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, they have this in red. And I would say it should be in red. Just because not in the four Gospels. Paul said it is better to give than to receive. And he say, remember these words. It is blessed. I'm sorry, blessed, not better to give. It, you, let me read it right instead of just trying to get out of it. It is more blessed, because I think that's important. It is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than to receive. The word bless is mentioned 42 times in the gospel. However, it only occurs once when it's used in the New Testament, more blessed. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, this is a popular verse that you know you probably heard it from people who don't even go to church. Isn't it more blessed to give than to receive? You hear that from people who don't even go to church. They hate God, but they love that because it's a, it's a proverb to them. But it's the word of God. And then you even have some TV evangelists who like to abuse this verse. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And I wonder if you're giving, buddy. You know, I wonder if you're giving. They misuse this all the time. But you know what? If, if, if we keep it in context and we keep it together in the text, and this is why it's important, 
Can I tell you? You're going to see why it's important to study verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Because anyone could just use that one verse and say, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But they didn't read the part that was before that we just read. You see how it's important, saints? You see why it's important for us not to have points or series? You see why it's important for us to read the whole context to get it? What does it say in verse 34 and 35? It says, you yourselves know that these hands, his hands, have provided for my necessities, not giving uh, ministry offer number 99. If you just call in, I'll give you offer number 99. And there's a little vial of holy water. I went to Israel. And I took a gallon of this holy water from the river, and I'm going to put it in this vial. And I was in my office, and I pray, and I want you to have it. All you need is to send is 1995. He provided for his necessities. And he said, and for those, in verse 34, you yourself know that these hands have provided for my necessities. And for those who were with me, I have shown you in every way, underline that, by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. Oh, I think now the verse makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? It is more blessed to give than to receive. They don't read that. And they don't even read the, the, the verse before that, I covered no one's silver or gold. They didn't read that because they do. That's why they're telling people, give them offer number 99. They don't read it in context. This is why we study verse by verse. Keep it in context. People like to take verses and distort them. Satan done the very thing with Jesus when he was in the desert. He distorted the verses. He distorted, but good thing he's talking to the word. Jesus says, wait, you know, man should not live by bread alone. You know, he says, bam, 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 because Jesus knows the word. He is the word. That's why you need to know the word, not just series, not just points. It's not going to get you anywhere. It may bless you. Don't get me wrong, I've been blessed with topical and all that. But it's not going to give you the whole counsel of God. This is why we study the whole counsel of God. And what Paul is talking about here, quoting Jesus, that is giving of your time, giving of your resources, giving whatever God has given to you as gifts, talents, abilities. I know one man who really doesn't have much, but he was an incredible electrician. And boy, can he wire up a church. That's what he knows how to do. That's what he serves. He does give. Not that I know. That I wasn't going to his church at that time, but I don't know what he gives. I don't know who, who gives here. But he gave of what he had, his talents. His gift, his time. Give your time. Sometimes your time is something that you lack giving to the Lord. But Paul is like Christ. He sets the example. He's letting them know, listen, I set the example. You yourselves know that these hands provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. So he didn't support himself. He supported those who were with him. He wasn't selfish. Paul, like Christ, set the example. Paul tells the church of Corinth, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And if we are to imitate Paul, if we are to imitate Christ, then the doctrine of this fancy, rich, health and wealth lifestyle is not a part of it. It's not. It never was. But they give you that impression, well, you want more too? All you got to do is give, and it'll come back to you. Press down, shaking together. 
They use these scriptures. It's amazing how they use it for themselves. It never was a part of it. Did Paul or Jesus have a Giorgio Mano robe? <laughs> Did Paul or Jesus have a, a Mercedes-Benz camel? Did Paul or Jesus ever have a $7 million house? No. Paul in verse 33, that's why he says, I cover no one's silver or gold or power. And that, what that means is if he doesn't cover these material things, he care less about it. He care less about it. And so should we. We shouldn't be so materialistic. It's okay to have, want something, or, or, you know, a hobby or something. That's fine. But when you all you all care about is material things, it's going to kill you. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. He said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 to 12, he says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned that in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and both to need. Look at that verse here. Two times he says, I have learned. I have learned. It's something we have to learn. It's not something, okay, wow, okay, I'm not going to do that. No, it's hard because the flesh wants things. You have to learn it. Paul learned. Now, why is it more blessed to give than to receive? It is more blessed, blessed to give than to receive saints because when we receive, we are acting like ourselves. When we are in the receiving end of it only, we act like ourselves. However, when we give, we're acting like Christ. You see? If you're always at the receiving end, you're like, you're us-like. We're us-like when we're in the receiving end. But we're, we're, we're the giving end. We're, we're Christ-like. We're Christ-like. When we have the attitude of giving, it allows us to move into the divine realm, working and walking in the spirit, not in selflessness, not in the flesh, but doing the very things that God himself loves to do. And what does God love to do? He loves to give. And since we are children of God, we are to be people who give. We should be at the giving end. You will never find and this is what we find. When Christ came here during his earthly ministry, you'll never find out of all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you won't find one miracle that Jesus performed for himself. Not one. Not one. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Look it up. Jesus performed many miracles, gave sight to the blind. Those that were mute were able to speak. Those that were dead like Lazarus rose from the grave. And more importantly, he gave eternal life for all who believe in him. Christ was always giving. He fed the thousands. He's always giving. But he never performed a miracle for himself. That's how we ought to be Christ-like. When we're at the giving part of it, that's why it's more blessed. Because it's more blessed because you're being like the son, Jesus Christ. Now, the great danger of being only at the receiving end, what happens is, if you only want to receive, give me, give me, give me, I want to get as much as I can, it becomes dangerous. And as Christians, we shouldn't be in that area. You will become materialistic. You will begin to covet others' spouse, house, and automobiles. You will become a lover of money and at the end, end up robbing and deceiving to steal these things. And instead of becoming like Christ-like, you're becoming Satan-like. I know that's kind of hard, but what's opposite of Christ? 
It is not Christ-like, but it is Satan-like. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the enemy. If anybody wants to be uh, Satan-like, opposite of Christ, that's how you're going to be. Here it is. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You want to be blessed? Then learn to give and learn to start giving. And then you'll begin to, to learn the joy of giving. And then what's amazing is that God's going to bless you because you know why? You cannot give God. God is saying, you know what? I could use that person. I could bless that person with, with so many blessings. Why? Because that person is not doesn't care about those things, and that person, you know, it could flow. You know, it's like God wants to give you these blessings, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like a cup. Okay, I gave it to you, and it's just there. It's not flowing through. But if you still want to receive blessings, you know, it's like a cup. You know, I can't fill it anymore. I gave you, but you're not giving. If you look at it naturally, look at the Dead Sea. Why is it called a Dead Sea? There's an inlet, but there's no outlet. It's dead. It's the lowest point of the face of the earth is the Dead Sea in Israel. The Jordan River, all the way down, from Galilee all the way down, Jordan River all the way down to the Dead Sea. There's an inlet, but there's no, there's no outlet. That's why there's no life. It's dead. But if you want life, you got to, you know, as God gives you and blesses you, even with the little, you give. So I could trust that person. I could continue to give because you know why it's going to continue to flow. I could use that person as, as the outlet as I put into that person where everyone else could be blessed, I could trust that person with these things. And then you're going to see, wow, you know, just giving everything, giving everything. You know, sometimes I have things and, you know, sometimes Judy thinks I'm crazy because I just give things. It doesn't matter how much it costs because I don't want to be tied up to it. I had a collection of bobbleheads, you know. I loved my collection of bobbleheads because everything I said, they agreed. <laughs> no, just kidding. But I had a collection of Yankee bobbleheads, and they were collector items. I said, you know, I'm just going to give them away. I don't want to be stuck to this. I have balls, autographed baseballs that have collected. Just gave them away. I gave it to someone that would appreciate it. My little cousin, second cousin, who's a big Yankee fan. I don't care about these things. If I was to put it on eBay, I would have made a lot of money. I don't care. I gave them away. And God continues again. It's not that I did it so God could bless me. I just did it because that's... You know, I've learned. And I have so much verse, so many verses. I have like 10 verses of giving. I'll give you some Proverbs. Proverbs 21, 26. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. Proverbs 22, verse 9. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his his bread to the poor. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that they may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will, be, there will not be room enough to receive it. Um, I want to give you one more Old Testament. Uh, Deuteronomy, um, verse 15 to 10. So you shall surely give to him, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him because... For this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hands. Deuteronomy 17, 16, verse 17. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given you. First Chronicles, verse 29, chapter 29, verse 9. Then the people rejoice, but they have offered willingly. That's important. Because with a loyal heart, they had 
offered willingly to the Lord. And the king, David, also rejoiced greatly. Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 to 4. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will, will himself reward you openly. Luke 6, chapter, thir- uh, chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as his purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Old Testament, New Testament. We don't just serve an Old Testament God, a New Testament God. The God that we serve is an Old Testament. There's scriptures all over. And there's a lot. I gave you 10 to show that we to give. And this is not my preaching for you to fill up the tithe box. You know you're responsible. That's not what it's all about. You know we don't talk about it all the time. We don't pass the plate here. That's between you and the Lord. But I'm talking about not only your finance, but also your time, your service, your gifts, and your talent. Give unto the Lord. There are people that are hurting out there, and they need our love. They need our ministry. So it's more blessed to give than to receive. And the Apostle Paul finished his pastor's conference, verse 36. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. It was in Middle Eastern kiss. It's not one of those kisses that we, we have to make that clear today. It was one of and I just like the way I love the way the Italians do it. You know, it's great. It's just a good respect. Kiss on the cheek, left and right. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more, and they accompanied him to the ship. End of the pastor's conference, encouraging the leaders there in Ephesus, be careful. There are wolves within, there'll be wolves without. But remember these things that the Lord had told you. Don't get caught up in these materialistic things. That's not what the church ought to be. And it's sad that that's the image that when you start sharing the gospel, that's the image we've had from the late 70s into the 80s when all these evangelists went on TV and just destroyed uh, the church, the image of the church. We fell. It was our fault. But now God is raising up a new generation die to those things, so don't fall into those false teachings. Let's be the church that God has called the church to be, as the book of Acts has been telling us from the very beginning. This is where the things are. We work with our hands, we serve, we minister to one another, we bless one another. The Bible is the central place for us to turn to as Christians for understanding and direction. While there are many wonderful books, websites, and resources to help churches with growth, the Book of Acts is the foundation for biblical church growth. Join us as Eddie teaches through Acts verse by verse. To listen to this message in its entirety, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. That's runningtheraceradio.com. Although running the race is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches the Word of God from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel of Milford. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Milford, Pennsylvania, and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. For more information, call us at 570-296-7367. That's 570-296-7367. Or log on to runningtheraceradio.com and click on Service Times. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero. Please join us next time for the next edition of Running the Race.